Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Let's be honest. The first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simon's on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm -hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away, because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're talking about renting versus buying a home. So today on the show, we're going to challenge the assumptions that buying a home is a good quote-unquote investment. We're going to talk about things that you need to consider before buying a home, the pros of renting, the pros of buying, and give our final thoughts on what's better, renting or buying. Yeah, Joel, I think this will be a good conversation. First of all, because I have good like fond memories of renting. So just like the emotions that I have towards it are negative. Yeah, I don't have the most fond memories of renting. Uh, I think it was kind of fun when you're younger, living with you know, like three dudes in a two bedroom apartment or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Not my favorite times. I much prefer owning a home right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, and just kind of the stage of life I'm in. I think it's way more fun to be in your thirties than it is to be in your early twenties. Oh yeah. In a lot of ways. <laughs> that being said, I think there are so many good reasons to be a renter and we'll get into those in just a minute. I wanted to let you know, hmm? speaking of renting, we have rental homes and last night I had a fridge crap out at one of my rental homes. And so I had to replace it. So you're trying to get me to do it. I know <laughs> <laughs> so I was barking up the tree to see if you wanted to help. Got another friend, Colin, to help me move a fridge, but he's got muscles too. So it's good. Yeah. He's stronger than you are. So <laughs> that's, that's why I reached out to him. I got the best deal. I looked on Craigslist, which is 
we talked about you know yeah, where to buy certain is, things it's great for appliances craigslist is an awesome place to buy appliances uh you, you know it's much harder to find stuff in, on facebook or whatever but craigslist is an awesome place for that you didn't want to buy your fridge on ebay have it shipped to you yeah <laughs> the shipping would have cost more than the fridge because i paid 75 dollars. that is for a six-year-old fridge nice yep so i think this thing will be nice i loaded it in the back of the mazda 5 and nice. strapped, strapped it, it down uh, I mean, not all the way, but yeah. well enough. Yeah. And I bought it from another dude named Joel. Oh, really? <laughs> Around the, So I met a new neighbor. I got a $75 fridge. Wait, in the neighborhood close by? Or yeah. So oh. he was literally like three or four blocks away from me. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So it's kind of fun to meet a new neighbor, get a $75 fridge, hung out with Colin, you know. Yeah. So it was good times. I love I, being thrifty, man. Yeah, I do. I do too. That being said, the last fridge that I bought, I didn't have time to, to scour craigslist and so i just went to lowe's our local hardware store and just kind of got a, a cheaper model there it was, i think it's everybody's local hardware store yeah basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is before we had a larger vehicle and when all we had was our uh, vita volkswagen but we had the bars on top like the oh. uh what is it Thule rack you know like the bars that go across the top yeah make you look like you're like an outdoorsman uh, <laughs> but uh in our case that's where i put my fridge <laughs> <laughs> so, so you literally yourself yeah the, the guy the guy at Lowe's helped me to get it up there but he's just like wait we're putting this where because <laughs> it wouldn't fit inside the back of the wagon and yeah man threw a fridge up on top of our volkswagen strapped it down and, and drove it back to the to uh it was actually the house that we're moving out of that we were converting into a rental because the fridge that was there was in poor poor shape so and by the way if you want to know why that's the best method of starting owning rental homes, moving out of it and renting that out, go back and listen to our investment property basics episode and you'll find out why. Yeah. Oh, and Matt, I wanted to tell you one more thing. Yeah. Emily and I did the budget. Oh, uh, nice, man. Right before biking over here tonight to Wait, do this episode. What do you mean when you, so when you say you did, you did the budget, are you We're talking recapping like, the month essentially and oh, okay. saying, how did things go? Gotcha. Yeah. Where did we overspend, underspend? What, yeah. How can we do better? Where did that actual inside of those specific categories where did the money go and to help us know better you know yeah was it a one-time thing i guess i was recurring? just checking i was wondering if you were setting a new budget for this coming month oh. because for us it's basically the same budget from last month yeah, like we no, don't really just, change things so. no we're just checking in yeah cool. on where we're at like the recap but i want to say it looks like i'm retiring after this episode because i'm that filthy rich oh nice congratulations yeah, yeah thank you and so <laughs> podcast listeners i'm sorry we won't be back next week no i jest i jest i stick around <laughs> we stick around not Please, even if you were retiring, this is, I mean, let's be honest. This is what you'd want to be doing. So Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Having a good time. Because we get to drink beer. Because we get to drink beer. Yeah. And so today's beer, Matt, you picked this up for us. It's from a local brewery that we're huge fans of. Huge fans of. Wrecking Bar Brew Pub. Honestly, Matt, if I had to say, you know, gun to my head, what's the best brewery in Georgia right now? Wrecking Bar Brew Pub. Oh, you think so? I think so, man. I was going to, yeah. That's, they're, I mean, they're crushing it right now. Them, I'll be honest with you. We might have one of these beers pretty soon too, but Monday night, yeah, they have been stepping up their game and making some incredible stuff too. Those are literally the, the two places I would tell someone if they're coming into Atlanta and they wanted to find out where to get good beers, Wrecking Bar and Monday night. Yeah. Go to those two places and you will have awesome beers and awesome experience. Yeah, Wrecking Bar has, it's a restaurant as well and they've got a farm uh, not that far from Atlanta. And dude, their food is so good too. That's why Kate and I both love going there is we can get just amazing food. And at the same time, they're making some awesome 
awesome beers. They're doing such a good job with all the beers too. It's not like they're only specializing in amazing IPAs like we're going to have tonight. That Russian Imperial Stout that they have oh, yeah. that they put out every month, it's like the Mexican version. So it's got the peppers in it. Like That's mind-blowing. Oh. <laughs> and then they've got all the, these different farm varietals, the different saisons, and, and, and obviously all the, a lot of their IPAs are fantastic too. So Yeah, that stout I think is probably... I think that's like one of the best... It's probably the best stout in Georgia. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the best stouts I've ever had. Yeah. And it's phenomenal. And Every single month. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So if you're coming to Atlanta and we need to write a post on this at some point on the site, just introducing people to our town and where to get oh, the good like, beers. Like a, like a local Georgia or yeah. Atlanta beer guide. Yep. All right. Write it up, Joel. Done. Can you do that? All right. So let's crack this one because I'm thirsty. Nice. It's got that deeper crack. These are 16 ounce cans for the trained listener out there. You may have picked up on that. But, but not as deep as the crowler that we had that no, one. No, no, that's like opening up. It's like dr- a shotgun drum of oil. <laughs> so we didn't even introduce this style, but this is the Juice Bar Pale Ale. Yeah, and the, and Wrecking Bar has this essentially this juice series where pretty much every time you go they juice have bar series, yeah. juice bar series, and they essentially every time you go they have a pale ale or an IPA or a double IPA on tap that's part of the series, and really they're just incredibly juicy, delicious beers, and so. Uh, this one wasn't cheap, <laughs> but I mean, their beers are so good. This this one was worth it. I think, Matt, you paid 15 bucks for a four-pack, right? Yeah, 15 for a four-pack. And honestly, though, to be able to pick up a beer that's that fresh, came days before we picked it up, it is hard to beat. So, Joel, that poured a nice golden... It's yeah. not perfectly filtered. It's not meant to be super cloudy, I don't think. And I know I was supposed to sniff it first, but I kind of went straight in for the sip. I was just that thirsty, and this is delicious. At five and a half percent, it's um, and being a pale ale, it's a little light, but man, it's like all hops. <laughs> like there's no malt backbone almost. It is all hops, and I'm all about that. Yeah, they've got this set up to be a uh, a session ale, and for those who may have heard that term before, but maybe I don't know, you don't know exactly what that means. It's just a lighter beer um, that you can maybe have more than one in a sitting, which we're not going to do tonight. But uh, yeah, that's the idea behind it. And I'm getting more and more into these lower ABV beers so that I can have a couple in, a, in an evening every once in a while. And uh, it's yeah, it's really nice because usually if you want to have three beers in a night, you're drinking Budweiser if you don't want to be hungover the next day. But there's so many good beers weighing in yeah. at you know five, four and five percent now that are full of flavor. So you can actually have a couple. Yeah. And this is full of flavor, man. Like you said, just hop forward. There aren't a ton of beers that I've had that have this much like hot presence but without sort of that thicker body. It's different, I guess. I'm just not used to that, but I, yeah, I like it. <laughs> uh, this juice bar pale ale from Wrecking Bar is delicious. It's like a cumulus cloud on my tongue. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, so this is a beer that, I mean, they can there on site, but they don't distribute or anything like that. So this is an example of one of those local breweries that are kind of filling the void of, of local beer for folks to kind of come by and get. And so. even when they do release, it's a very small amount. There's usually a line that's built up. They'll yeah, announce it yeah. day of or the day before. Hey, we're releasing at 8 p.m. tomorrow night or noon on a Friday. And it's sold out within an hour. So yeah. if you're passing through town and it's, it's great to get a beer on draft there, but you're probably not going to get any cans to go, at least at this point. Yeah, but hopefully there's a local brewery that 
is doing something similar to this near wherever it is that you are. I mean, like we said last in the last episode, that's one of the things we're excited about with the, the industry as a whole is just sort of that move back to, to, to more the local local brewery that you that you go and hit up. Yeah, your neighborhood spot. All right, Matt, on to the topic at hand, renting versus buying a home. And this is one of those topics that has captured the minds of personal finance experts everywhere. And I think there's something we can add to the debate. And I think there's some really important things that we need to clarify for people on both sides of the aisle when it comes to this topic. And I think the first thing that we really need to talk about, we need to challenge the assumption that buying a home is a quote unquote good investment. That's kind of been the long standing traditional thought that buying a home, well, yeah, of course you got to do it. It's the American dream and it's right. a good investment. But I, I think there there is a, a large element where people have run with that thought and made really poor choices when it comes to buying a home instead of renting. Yeah, Joel, I mean, that's my goal, right? For this specific episode is that by the end of the conversation that we've caused you guys to think about this some and that it isn't just sort of like this assumption, that it's not an assumption that your home value is only going to continue to increase. You know, like we were just talking about back in uh, 2007, like people we know that that bought back then. And that was the assumption. And that didn't really paint out too well for a lot of folks. And if you're buying for the wrong reasons in 2007, oh yeah, then there's a good chance that that, that purchase led to heartache. Right. But if you made a purchase for the right reasons, you likely could have weathered that storm even though your home dropped in value, mm-hmm. it, you know, unless you suffered something terrible like a job loss and a bad economy or some, or, you know, or some other major devastation happened in your life, if you're buying a home under the right pretenses, like we'll discuss here, I think you probably still could have weathered that storm of, of your home just being worthless, essentially. And what you mean by like buying for the right reasons is you mean buying for reasons other than just purely financial, right? Yeah. And I mean, I, I think a lot of people at the, specifically at that point in time, with the way that real estate was appreciating, they assumed they could buy something one month and sell it the next for a much larger gain. Right. And that is just not, and that, that's just not typical when it comes to real estate. Yeah. Throughout the history of real estate, essentially it appreciates roughly at the rate of inflation. So buying a home with the thought that it's going to appreciate rapidly, that's just not normally the case. And so if you buy a home with that rationalization behind it and you're using very little money down, then that to me would be an example of someone that's not being thoughtful about the purchase of that home. Yeah, man, honestly, that's just that's what freaks me out right now. (laughs) Like seeing the way that the market's continuing to, I mean, it's been climbing for the past seven years or something like that. And and the natural tendency is just to think that it's going to continue to do what it what it's been doing. Like that's just for whatever reason, sort of what people think. And I get caught into that some too. But I think I just get freaked out more. Like when I see that it kind of I'm just like, oh man, it can't be this good forever. You know, like I'm always sure. waiting. Maybe, maybe that means I'm more of a pessimist. <laughs> but I'm like, kind of waiting on this, the other shoe to drop. You know, I'm just like, you know, that it's not going to be able to continue this. You know, at the at the rate that it's been. And and when I see folks that are buying and maybe spending more than they can, you know, afford, or or like you said, expecting that appreciation and expecting that equity growth, that makes me nervous. I completely agree. And I, but nervous. I think actually it doesn't make you a pessimist. It makes you a realist because. Yeah, same thing, right? <laughs> because <laughs> when you look at, uh, for instance, you know what's happening with the stock market right now, we're having a bit of a correction. Oh, yeah. We'll see if we have even more. It is natural human tendency, though. You're completely right to say it's going up and it continues to go up. And any bump in that completely shakes us for the most part. And vice versa. If it's going down, it's only going to continue to go down. Exactly. You know, which is the exact time that you need to be buying because things are on sale. Yeah. And so y- it's hard for us to time those things and to know, but... 
ultimately, that's why you have to go with some of these time-tested reasons and methodology and mathematics, ultimately, behind buying a home to make sure that you're buying something that you can afford over time. And granted, things happen, right? Like in 2007, 2008, like if you bought in 2007 and then and then you're, you're going up towards the recession that hits in 08 and you lose your job, that's a different story, right? You can't plan yeah. for that all the way. But for the most part, there were a lot of people that got caught with their pants down, you know, their hand in the cookie jar, <laughs> essentially. And that's what we want to avoid, that kind of mentality when it comes to buying a home. Pants down and hand in the cookie jar? At the same time. <laughs> Who knew? What are you doing? <laughs> and my mom would find me like that in the kitchen and I'd be like, oh, I'm just hungry. Sleepwalking? <laughs> Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Oh, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making, my, <laughs> you're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. 
Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. But I guess the, the first thing that we need to dispel, the common myth is that renting is throwing away money. And so yeah, sort of going back to the same assumption where buying is a smart move, a smart investment, just as prevalent is the notion that renting is throwing away your money. And that's just not true. Renting can be an incredibly smart decision and a, a wise financial move and just a great move for a lot of different reasons. But yeah, that's just always the sort of mentality. People are like, oh, just every month, just throwing away money. It's like, no, like there's so much that that gives you. And we're going to get into that later uh, in this episode. But just kind of write that off in your mind. That is not the case. <laughs> yeah, you're still getting something. Yes, yeah. For your money, yeah. <laughs> right? A place to live and, and, and flexibility. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about the pros of running in a little bit, but, but just know, dispel the myth, running is not throwing away money. So Matt, before we get into the specifics of running versus buying pros and cons, let's talk about some of these overarching rules that we need to follow, whether we're renters or buyers. And first, you just don't want to overspend on housing no matter what. Whether you're renting or buying, you want to make sure that you're living by, at minimum, the 25% rule. Yeah, which is you don't want your housing expenses. So like you said, renting or buying, you know, so whether it be like a rent check every month or your mortgage, you don't want that to be more than 25% of whatever your take-home pay is. And not, so not your salary, but yeah, this is your take-home pay. So this is after taxes have been taken out by your employer, um, any amounts that are, that's going towards uh, retirement savings like your 401k. This is what shows up in your checking account, right? So every month when you get paid, that amount, that is the, the rule. That's what you want to divide that out by 25%. And your rent or your mortgage payment does not need to be any larger than that. Yeah. And it's easy, I think, depending on where you live and, and who, you're, who you're hanging out with to say, well, I need to live in this kind of house or I need to live in this neighborhood. And those kind of choices can balloon your monthly rent or mortgage payment really quickly. And so don't be fooled by the way people around you are living. If you want to ultimately have financial independence one day, if you want to live a rich life where you're not house poor, you need to think not about what everyone else around you is doing, but what you need to do to put your finances in right order. And the biggest piece to this puzzle is how much of your income every month do you spend on housing? That is the biggest piece to the puzzle. And if you can make changes there, if you can move someplace cheaper, whether it's renting or owning, that's going to have a huge impact on how much you're able to save and invest for the long term. Yeah, Jill. I mean, what we'd recommend is to think about, like we talked about in a recent episode, like the your big why behind money. If housing is a priority for you, then sure. Maybe that's something that you can might spend up to closer to the 25%. But for most folks, I think you might even find that that percentage to be even a lot lower, you know, like closer to 15 or maybe 20%. I agree. The lower you can get it, the more you can sock away for the future, the more quickly you can actually be financially independent. Yeah. That housing cost is the biggest line item that's going to help get you there. Yeah, by far. So another overarching point, things that you need to consider before buying a home. And I think these are hard and fast rules. Yeah. That you need to have thought about this before you actually go through the process of shopping for a home, getting financing, and then making offers. You need to consider, are you going to be in the home for at least five years? And if you're shopping for a condo, 
even longer than that, probably seven to 10 years. Yeah. You want to explain to folks why this is the case? Sure. So it comes down to a few things. Just like if you're investing in stocks, you're not going to invest heavily today in a mutual fund, knowing that you need the money next year. Because there's a lot that can happen in a year. Right. Same thing with a home, uh, not quite as volatile, usually, <laughs> in a <Yeah>. normal cycle. <laughs> but you don't know if it's going to be worth more in a year or two years. You're, you're hoping that in five years, at least, you've paid down some of the mortgage amount, although you're paying mostly interest in the beginning, mm-hmm. and, and that ultimately you've created a little wiggle room. But more than that, the biggest thing that's going to drain you is the transaction costs invo- involved in buying real estate. And there's a lot of people that don't take that into consideration. When you're buying a home, you're not thinking about it at all. Like The yeah. transaction costs <laughs> are usually all on the seller. But when you're selling the home, you're usually giving up a huge piece of the profit if you haven't lived there that long. And likely even dipping into your own savings to pay the agent's fees if you haven't built up much equity. So Joel, you're talking about realtor fees, basically. And that alone right there is 6%. And then with closing costs on top of that, uh, when it comes time to sell... Which sellers often pick up a big chunk of the closing costs. Yeah. But I mean, you're looking at close to 10%. So I mean, quick math, say you are selling your home for $300,000. That's $30,000 that you don't get to keep. That is a lot of money. And if you're expecting that equity growth there within a few years before that five years hits and you can't bank on that. Yeah. And so typically in a year or two or three, you're not going to hit that threshold and you'll be paying money out of pocket to sell your house. And that is not a position you want to be in. Another big rule that you need to follow. I don't think you should really, for the most part, even consider buying a home unless you have 20% to put down. That's for a couple of reasons for that equity reason, right? That it's, it's important that if you're buying something that you that you've saved for it and you're financially prepared to actually buy this house. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you also avoid paying private mortgage insurance, which is called PMI, uh, that can typically be 150, 200 plus dollars every month that essentially goes to the bank. And so it makes your monthly housing costs go up even more. Yeah, basically, it's just a way for them to get money out of you because you're a little higher risk. Uh, by not putting that money down, they're holding more of the balance, which is riskier for them. Oh, and that's another thing, too, is that like, it, the, I mean, basically, the more you, you're able to put down, the better rate you're going to get, too. And so there's just so many reasons that you want to you wanna have 20% down. That's sort of a, a, a solid, fast rule. And that's something else, too, that I'm afraid we're starting to see some of that happening again, uh, yeah. some lending, uh, where lenders are willing to write loans on properties where buyers aren't putting down that 20%. And dude, if that's not a sign of a potential... I mean, there's not going to be a housing crisis again, right? Like, I think that's probably a once in a lifetime thing, what, what we went through 10 years ago. But that's still not a great sign. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's once in a lifetime, honestly. I feel like really? human, human behavior is <laughs> completely... I think once 2008, 2009 happened, I assumed that people would wise up a little bit. Savings rates are back to where they were in the toilet, like yeah. people making riskier loans. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's never, never again. I think we'll see it again. It's like a whole another generation of buyers that didn't learn the previous time because they weren't necessarily buying back then. Yeah. So I think it's important to put down 20% when buying a home. There are very few exceptions. Like Matt said, you're going to get the better rate. You're going to avoid PMI. Even if your house does go down in value, you're not going to be coming out of pocket on top of that likely in normal circumstances if you have to sell in a hurry. You just want to make sure you're financially prepared to buy a home. Ultimately, if you can't afford to put 20% down on a home or close to it, you just really need to reconsider whether you should be a renter for right now until you can save up that money. That's true. 
All right, Matt. So let's get into the pros yeah. of renting. Then after that, we're going to do the pros of buying. All right. So pros of renting. The first thing, geographic mobility and flexibility, and also a little bit of financial flexibility too. Yeah, Joe. So like the geographic mobility, right? That's kind of obvious. It's like, all right, I want to live here for a short period of time, check out the city or maybe just a neighborhood, you know, to be able to have the flexibility and the options to just move to a different part of town or even move cities or countries. That's incredible freedom that you don't really, you're not going to have once you're buying. And the financial flexibility too, that's something I don't think folks think about quite as often. But when you're renting, your income doesn't need to be quite as stable. Say you've got a job and you're renting at a certain certain dollar amount. If you happen to lose your job, well, you're going to be out of that lease pretty soon. So it's not a huge deal. It's not, it's not a mortgage where you're locked in for, say, 15 or 30 years. And sometimes you know that maybe for the next year or the next several months that your, your, your paycheck is going to be a certain amount. But beyond that, you don't really know. And so it can be tough to sign 30 to 40 documents saying that uh, you will pay this mortgage, which is what happens when you buy a house. Uh, but to you know, sign a lease, there's a little less pressure there and it gives a little more flexibility. Well, let's say you're young and you've got a job in a city. And then you know what? Maybe next year, you might get a job offer in an, a whole other city oh, yeah. for a lot more money. Geography. Yeah. And you can move. And if you own a home, it's tethered to you in a way that renting is not. And yeah. so you have this flexibility, whether you're young or old, <laughs> with new new job opportunities, whatever may come along, moving closer to family, uh, as you, your lifestyle changes, as you have kids, whatever it may be, you have this ability to pick up and move almost on a whim, essentially, because you're not tied down to any particular location because of a home. Another great reason that geographic mobility is a plus in the column of running. Let's say you move to a town mm-hmm. and you're not sure what part of town you want to live in yet. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's huge. You get to know <laughs> the city for six months or a year while you rent. And then you know exactly where you want to buy. Yeah, so man. it gives you that opportunity to figure out the city, the layout, and then decide, okay, that's that's the side I want to be on. That's The commute's bad if I live here versus there. Right, yeah. And you, you learn a lot. And so renting can be perfect for the, those times too. Yeah, you get to know traffic. And like you say, you get to know the neighborhoods. I mean, that's exactly what I was talking about at the beginning, how the neighborhood that Kate and I lived in when we first moved, moved to Atlanta we didn't know anything about Atlanta other than we'd heard of this neighborhood. And so we're like, okay. But ultimately, we realized that that's just not the neighborhood where we wanted to live. It didn't have the things uh, that we were looking for. And that's why we ended up where we are now, because we had two years of renting up there with all utilities included, which was awesome. And we had those two years to figure out where it was that we did want to live. So yeah, that's not something we had down. But I totally agree with you from you know personal experience right there, man, that uh, it just buys you some time to, to figure things out. And that's especially true, I would say, for military families. There's so many military families that have to move every two or three years. And it can be a tough decision. I know you want to put roots down. You want to own a home. There is something really fulfilling about that. And we'll talk about that in the next section, the pros of buying. But it's just not worth the financial heartache that can come along with it if you're not going to be there for long. So if you are a military family in particular, thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do for our country. But renting is probably a better idea if you're only going to be at a post for for two years, three at the max. It's just not worth renting and and getting into all that because there's so much when it comes to selling a home that's difficult. You're going to want that geographic mobility factor. Yeah, Joel, you mentioned financial hardship. That's a huge benefit to renting is, you know, when you're renting, you're not tied to the housing market. So if things are declining, well, you're going to be losing equity. And so if you're in a situation where you have to sell all of a sudden, 
you're you're losing out and you're basically being forced to sell when the market's low. Yeah, if you're uh, running, that's the landlord's problem. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that at all. <laughs> Something else you don't have to worry about at all yeah. when you're renting is fixing stuff. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So that's again is the landlord's problem, right? When the fridge goes bust, yeah, and I gotta go pick just up. Give, just call Joel at nine thirty at night. <laughs> I'll bring a fridge <laughs> over to your house in my Mazda five any day. Uh, so those are the things that as a landlord you have to worry about, and and a smart landlord of course has has benefit if they're if they're really smart about what they're doing, if they know what they're getting into. But as a renter, there's a lot of beauty in the fact that you don't have to fix a leaky faucet or a busted air conditioner or a roof that's messed up. There are all these things that let's say you're not financially prepared to put 20% down and have, you know, a fund to fix your house. Renting is where it's at because you don't Mm -hmm. have to fix any of those things that come up. Joel, that actually makes me think of Mitch Hedberg. Did you ever listen to him like back in the day, back in college? No, but I've had so many people quote him to me. Dude, he sounds hilarious. We yeah, I'll share some Mitch Hedberg with you. He's he was yeah he was he was the best. Make me a mixtape, Matt. <laughs> I'll I'll burn you a disc. <laughs> it makes me think of a joke or like a story or whatever that that he would tell, and it was something like uh, I went to the Home Depot yesterday, which was totally unnecessary. What I need to do is go to Apartment Depot where there's a bunch of people standing around saying we ain't got to fix. Sh- anything (laughs) which now as a landlord i totally understand the beauty of of that joke (laughs) when i get a call for a fridge or for fixing a a shed in disrepair or whatever it is just think of mitch (laughs) i think man there's some beauty to i'm I'm hustling i'm hustling to make this to make money as a landlord yeah and as a renter man you can kind of coast easy yeah i should say that there's beauty right as from a renter standpoint i i guess I guess that's something you don't really think about as a renter. Like at least I didn't when I was renting that I didn't have to ever worry about any of that kind of stuff. I could just focus on other things like starting a business, which, which is you know exactly what we did. I don't have to worry about the air conditioning uh, not working anymore because we had been overrunning it, <laughs> keeping it at 50 degrees or whatever. But yeah, man, that's, there's, there's, there's truth there. No doubt. And the other pro of renting, you don't have to put down a huge down payment. So like we said, really, if you want to buy a home, you should have 20% of the purchase price to put down uh, as a down payment. Yeah, that is a lot of money. <laughs> I think until you start actually doing the mathematics, like you said earlier, like that's a ton of money. Like if you're looking at buying a $200,000 home, that's 40 grand plus other expenses associated with it. And we're not even, I don't think, going to even have time to get into all this, but like the inspection, the appraisal, like these are all things that, that go into the purchase of a home paint minor repairs immediately when you move in not to mention major repairs that can come up i mean ultimately you probably need to have closer to 30 percent in savings for the home price because you'll want that 10 percent for those other things just to be able to do little stuff that should be our new rule joel 30 percent down 30 percent or you can't buy a home and the big thing matt with with that for me is there's a big opportunity cost yeah i thought you were going to talk about that (laughs) to to give up forty thousand dollars on a two hundred thousand dollar home that you could have put elsewhere so let's say you put that $40,000 towards getting an education, which might ultimately make you more money over the years. Yeah, more bang for your buck. Yeah. Or you put $40,000 into the stock market to work for you over the next 20 or 30 years yeah. with compounding interest. That's going to be a lot more for you in retirement. So I'm not saying that it's not worthwhile to do that. I'm just saying that is a pro of renting, that you can have more of your cash available to put towards things that you want now or saving and investing for the future further down the road. And that's just a huge chunk of change that you're going to need as a down payment that could go elsewhere. 
Yeah, man, I agree. So uh, you want to get into the pros of of buying next? Let's do it. Because yeah. I feel like we just made renting sound real good. <laughs> Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop Mm -hmm. they were fresh out of the oven they had that perfectly flaky crust but guess what that serendipitous experience would never had happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel we had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town thanks to airbnb oh man i'm still dreaming about those meat pies you're making my (laughs) you're making me drool and while turning to airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. 
That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash how to money for your extended 30 day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash how to money for an extended 30 day free trial. Yeah, at the beginning of the episode, you talked about how much you like owning a home and I talked about how much I like renting (laughs) or how much I did like renting, I should say. Yeah, there's definitely huge pros, huge advantages to owning a home. And uh, yeah, let's, let's get into that now. It did just make me a little tired thinking about all the things I do, owning four <laughs> homes, essentially, my own home and three investment properties. I was like, man, I do have a lot of things I have to fix all the time. You get a fridge in the middle of the night yeah. times four. <laughs> exactly. It's stuff like that. But ultimately, there are so many pros also to buying a home. And let's go through those now. Yeah, man. The number one being that the value of your home tends to rise over time. Yeah, you're going to see the equity grow in your home most often. I mean, it's not a guarantee, obviously, but that's a great way for folks to essentially build wealth in a, an era where folks are under saving anyway. It's good to know that at least by default, some of uh, your monthly mortgage amount is going towards principal and then the growth, obviously, of your house uh, appreciating over time. Yeah. And if you're going to meet that five-year rule or what should likely probably be even more like a seven-year rule, if you're going to stay in your house that long or even longer, if you're going to make a long-term decision about where you live and you're buying, that equity factor really matters and really comes into bear. The further you get along in your loan, the more you've paid down, and then the more that the value of the home has risen, you start to see, man, there's actually some decent equity over time, Yeah. but you can't be short-sighted. If you have your sights set on staying in a place a long time, the buildup in equity can be a really huge perk. Yeah. And something else that we will also see kind of climb over time, generally speaking, are rents, right? And so in most cities and most markets, rents continue to rise. And when you've purchased a home and you have a fixed rate mortgage, your payment is locked in. Certainly your taxes and your insurance uh, will change slightly here and there, and that'll have an effect on your escrow, which ultimately affects your payment. But over the long haul, your payment is really pretty much going to stay close to what it is now, which is awesome. How cool is that to know that we've got fixed rate mortgages and dude, in like 10 years, our payments are basically going to be the same that they are now. And I do not even want to think about where rents are going to be in 10 years. Yeah, no doubt. That's a huge perk because if you're a renter in a lot of cities right now, the way rents have been going, it's, it's kind of shocking. The increases every year sometimes. Uh, and like we said, you know, what happens today doesn't determine tomorrow. Like rents going up right now doesn't mean rents are going up next year or the year after that. Apartments are being built and that could calm down a lot in the near future. But ultimately, the security of knowing that the mortgage you have in place isn't going to change much and that rents can climb a lot over the years, that can make a huge difference you know, over time, essentially as your monthly payments stay the same and someone that's renting, theirs go up by a lot. Yeah, security, man. And another aspect of security too is just knowing that you've got a place to live, right? So as long as you keep making your payments every month when you've got a mortgage, you get to stay in the house. (laughs) Uh, No one's going to kick you out Uh, versus even if you're an on-time paying tenant and you're you're a renter, there's a chance that the landlord may not renew your lease for that next year. Yeah, he might decide to rent it out to a friend or a cousin. Or it might be time to sell. I mean, there's just so many considerations Uh, when it comes to investment properties. So if you really want to put down roots somewhere, to me, that's like the biggest factor in wanting to buy a house versus renting. If I really want to put roots down somewhere particular, buying a home gives you that ability to be locked in in a specific location on a specific street with specific neighbors over the long term. And as a renter, you ultimately don't get to make that choice 
which can be one of the harder aspects of being a renter. Yeah, just the having to move. And that's the other thing too, is moving gets expensive. You know, like if you're having, you know, say you find a great place that you like and, and you're there for a year, but then they end up selling it. Or they jack up the rent too much and you ultimately want to go somewhere that's cheaper. Having to move every single time and that just sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah. So on that plus side, right, for renting, you had that geographic mobility. But on the downside, you have to pay to move essentially every time you want to go somewhere different. Hopefully you don't have a ton of stuff. <laughs> and another pro of buying a home is you have the creative freedom to change things. So yeah. a landlord determines the paint colors on the wall and the floor plan essentially can't be changed as a renter. But as a buyer, you can make it whatever color you want, bright orange. Uh, and yeah, you can you can plant plants outside. You can make additions. You can renovate yeah. a bathroom. You've got... It's really essentially at your disposal as as the owner of the home. And that's kind of cool that... Yeah, making it your own kind of place. That's not unique to like Americans, is it? <laughs> like anywhere people like to live. They like making it their own, like little touches here and there. And and more than just a throw rug, you know? Yeah. Oh, dude, something we haven't talked about yet either is the tax benefits of owning. I mean, that's a huge sort of financial one too, where if you have a home and when you're making mortgage payments, a portion of your payments goes towards taxes and a portion of that goes towards interest and a portion of that goes towards principal. Well, you can deduct the portion that goes to taxes and the portion that goes to interest from your earned income. It's not something like I count on. <laughs> it's kind of intangible when it's you're... It's like an added bonus. Yeah, it's like an ad- added bonus thing, but um, it's definitely a nice benefit. You know, like I've never sat down and been like, all right, how much would I, would I actually owe in taxes this year if I didn't own a home? But it would actually, it might be like a nice exercise to do that. Yeah, it would be. I think most people probably put too much stock in that. And they're like, I got to buy a home because of the mortgage interest deduction. Yeah. Like who? No. (laughs) Yeah. That is not a reason. That is a poor reason to buy a home. But Uh, it is an added perk of owning a home. Yeah, totally. And and something else too, dude, is when you own a home too, it gives you the ability or the, the options to potentially convert that home that you lived in into a rental. That's something you've done uh, twice now. It's something that uh, Kate and I have done uh, once. And you know, when you're renting, you just don't really have that option. But to be able to convert something that you were enjoying uh, from a sort of personal standpoint to then kind of transform that into something uh, that makes you money, into something that provides a stream of income, that's awesome. Yeah, or even subletting while you still live there. Oh, yeah. Renting out a room on Airbnb or to a friend, stuff like that that can really you know, cut your housing costs. So I think if you are buying a home and you're planning on subletting a portion of it too, that's another good perk. Oh yeah. You can use it however you deem fit. Whereas if you're renting a home, there are usually clauses in place. Yeah, you might want to read your lease (laughs) thoroughly because you're probably not allowed to sublet. But if you own that home, you can essentially cut your housing costs by renting portions of it out to other people. Yeah. Which you did. I feel like I kind of missed the boat on that. You know, I didn't consider buying a home until after I was was married. And so I've got my built-in wife roommate. Uh, <laughs> which is awesome. But I don't want to make it sound like I totally missed out on living with other dudes that didn't clean up after themselves because that kind of sounds terrible. But, <laughs> but from a financial side of it, you know, because we can make that happen for you, buddy. <laughs> we can put you in that like big brother house on CBS <laughs> or whatever that is. But yeah, I think that's just a really cool way to be able to reduce your monthly mortgage payment by, by sh- sharing the space, subletting it. So we've talked about the pros of renting, the pros of buying. Ultimately, what it comes down to in so many ways is where you're at in your lifestyle. And if you're prone to moving, if you're tired of your job and are thinking about applying for jobs in other cities 
or if you're in an industry where you know there's like a lot of movement, uh, not just within the company, but if that means just literally moving geographic locations as well, that's something you, you need to keep in mind when it comes to making this decision of should I rent or should I buy? So much of it comes down to lifestyle and where you're at in life. It's not woohoo, renting one or woohoo, buying a house wins. They're both fantastic decisions for different people at different points in their lives. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we've dispelled some of the myths that renting is throwing away money and that buying a home is always a good investment. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joel, I think that's just the biggest thing that, that folks need to take, in, take into account, right? Where are they in their life and make the decisions that are appropriate for that period. I tossed that question up or something similar, I guess, up in our Facebook group, just talking about if folks had ever regretted, you know, say purchasing a home. And speaking of lifestyle, someone had mentioned about building a home or purchasing a home before they had kids. And when the time came uh, and they had to start considering schools, they realized they needed to move. And so for them, like, I don't want to say that like renting necessarily would have been a great option, but at the same time, had you've been in that situation, I guess, if you're renting, there wouldn't be the, I guess, potential for, for financial loss uh, quite as much if you're renting versus uh, buying in that situation. True. Yeah. And for anybody that thinks that buying a home is just slam dunk, always a good idea. And I think most people in our age, especially after seeing our parents go through the Great Recession and we were kind of coming of age at the same time, most people in our age group I feel like that notion is mostly dispelled. Buying a home equals always good. Right. But if you're in doubt, check out our Facebook group and you'll see some of the stories. For instance, Amy wrote, purchasing our last home is my biggest financial mistake. And there were a few folks like that that kind of quickly touted their stories of buying a home and how it actually did not work out in their favor. Yeah. And the market that we've had lately has been really irregular. It's been a market on the rebound. And so to expect things to continue to go the way they've been going and to think appreciation is going to happen at this sort of torrid pace, that's not going to be the case. And you need to make sure that the fundamentals behind why you're buying a home and how much money you're bringing to the table, make the decision to buy a home actually make sense for you. Mm -hmm. All right, Matt, back to the beer. Juice Bar Pale Ale from Wrecking Bar Brew Pub, one of my all-time favorite breweries. This is a beer that the more I drink it, the more I like it. You know, like I feel like some of these beers, kind of by the end of it, you're, there's some palate fatigue. And even though I love beers with tons of flavor, sometimes you're kind of getting, you're like almost ready for it to be done. <laughs> you're ready for it to be done with and you're ready to kind of move on. And that is not the case with this one. I'm getting towards the end of it and I'm, I really could just crack open another one of these, I think, and, uh, and polish it off. I agree. Super hop forward, but really mellow and light. And so yeah, really easy to drink. This feels really crushable but with lots of flavor. And so like we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, session beers, and this is more like a session pale ale. Ideally, you want it to be one that you could drink three of in a row. And <laughs> three beers. <laughs> not be- <laughs> that's a lot, man. It is. And, and, and that's not normally <laughs> what I want in a beer. Like we're drinking one beer. I, normally, I limit myself. But this is a great beach beer. Because yeah. like at the beach, you do want three beers, right? Because yeah, you're dehydrated, basically. And, and beer helps dehydration. <laughs> <laughs> Or if you're not dehydrated, you can swim out into the ocean and then go to the bathroom and come e- back. Exactly. <laughs> so this is yeah great for for like a, a, Man, a Saturday would, afternoon yeah. hang or something like yes. that where where you want a couple beers that day, but you don't want to be tipsy after your first one. Right. Oh man, the beach. That's why I was thinking about this beer, like you're saying at the beach or whatever. A lot of folks have been, I guess, recently gone to the beach, but we haven't. 
but I know that we're going to be going to the beach together uh, soon. I'm pumped for that. Next month. It's going to be awesome. Can we record an episode together uh, yeah. while the waves wash over our feet <laughs> at night? At night on the beach? Yeah. Sitting there. Uh, that sounds romantic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll think about it. So yeah, again, great beer. Juice Bar Pale Ale from Wrecking Bar. If you live in Atlanta or you're visiting, check it out. Awesome brew pub. Yeah, guys. Keep up the good work. All right, Joel. Uh, let's do our final recap. So yeah, Matt, the first thing in overarching rule, make sure you're not overspending on your housing costs. You don't want to be house poor. Whether you're renting or buying, make sure that your overall housing costs are less than 25% of your take-home pay. A couple quick rules to consider uh, before you buy is to make sure that you're going to be sticking around for a number of years. Uh, specifically, you want to be there for at least five years. And also too, make sure you have at least 20% down to put down on the home. That's going to get you a better rate. And that also allows you to avoid PMI, which uh, can sometimes cost you a couple hundred dollars a month. Yeah. That also means you're financially prepared to buy the house. But some of the pros of renting, geographic mobility. And there are so many people that need this, whether you're young or old in the military or regular civilian employee, the ability to move wherever you want every year because you're a renter and you can't underestimate that pro of renting. Yeah. And not just for reasons for like your job, but just say moving from one neighborhood to the next, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Also, not having to fix anything. And if you are a renter right now, you might take that for granted, but but please don't because that is a huge perk and not having to deal with a busted air conditioner or a roof that needs to be replaced. Those can be really, really costly repairs and not having to deal with those allows you to focus more on building a business or pursuing other things that you want to do. Really? It's just less responsibility in general. Yeah. Yeah, man. And then so a couple pros of buying is that typically your mortgage amount is going to stay the same. While rents will continue to climb and, and rise uh, in the country, your mortgage will fluctuate a little bit again with insurance and taxes. But for the most part, you're going to lock in that expense as sort of a fixed monthly amount. And that's not going to change until you pay off your mortgage. Yeah. And there's also a huge security in knowing that you can stay in your house no matter what. If you're a tenant, your landlord has ultimate say over whether you stay in the house from year to year. They might want to sell it or rent it out to a friend or raise the rent exorbitantly that you're not willing to pay. If you own the home with a fixed rate mortgage, you don't have to consider that. And whether you want to stay in that home is ultimately up to you. And again, these are just a couple of the pros of renting and the pros of buying, I guess, that maybe we're most drawn to. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully we were able to give you something to think about and uh, definitely consider before you start automatically making the assumption that renting is, is throwing away money and that purchasing a home is always a wise decision financially. Yeah, I know the waters can be a little muddy and hopefully we cleared things up just a little bit. Ultimately, the biggest factor comes down to your lifestyle, where you're at in life, yeah. Do some thinking about where you're going to be in five years. And if you're planning on being in the same place, that really helps you make that decision. But don't buy a house because that's what everyone else is doing or because that's what you've been told is the right move. All right, man, let's wrap it up. Our home on the web is howtomoney.com. We'll have some show notes up there for you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Best friends out. Best friends out. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.